And we're back with another episode of The Anarchist Experience, episode 287, aka year six, week 37, uh, coming at you this week. As always, I am your host, Mr. Rich E. Rich, along with MC. And I am not going to give out phone numbers because we are not recording this at the usual time, so it's going to be podcast only. And uh, you don't call in anyway, even when we're on our usual time. So screw you, hippies. Um, We're doing this podcast only this week if that matters, and I don't think it does. Um, that being said, what is going on with you this week, MC? And I know we're going to start off with some debate stuff, because fucking A, how can you not? Yeah, I, I saw a debate. It was kind of funny. It was hilarious. Um, yeah, What do you have anything you want to talk about first, or you want me to talk about my most important thing? I, I'd rather start off with what you want to talk about. Well, okay, so let, let me preface this by saying it was a train wreck. I knew it was going to be a train wreck, and that's why I watched it. Um, I don't think I would have enjoyed watching it alone, uh, but I did move to New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project. Uh, and as such, there was a bunch of, you know, libertarians, maybe some anarchists there, uh, who were going to enjoy this thing, not because we're picking one side or the other but because it was going to be entertaining as all hell. Um, so when I found out, you know, what, what, you know, when the debate was, I was like, dude, is anybody having a watch party to do this? And sure enough, there was one. Um, so I want, you know, I, I, I went to watch the debate, um, but mostly to hang out with friends while we all watched the debate. And oh my God, I, I, you know, quick head count, probably at least 30 of us in the room. (laughs) Just sitting nice. like I, I thought it maybe it was like like a handful of us. I'd just stroll in, you know, kick back and you know, have some, you know, have some fun or whatever. But 30 libertarians, anarchists, whatever, uh yelling and jeering at every dumb comment, laughter abound uh throughout the debate. <laughs> I don't even want to call it a debate, throughout the train wreck. Um and I was, you know, that that was part of it for me. That was the most entertaining thing for me. Not not the importance of what was being said. Um, not how the moderator lost control, but just the, the camaraderie around, um, this, the disaster that is the 2020, uh, presidential election. Um, if I had to pick out some of the more important issues that came out of the, the debate, um, I guess, you know, the, the first thing that jumped out at me was Joe Biden going like, I am the party. Right, like you know, talk again. Sitting next to libertarian friends, talking, he's like, "That's that's right out of of oh man, I for, I can't think of the name of it, that uh, that the Nazi um, documentary, like uh, man from Lenny Reinstall or whatever, whatever that that person's name is, did the documentary. He's like, "That's right out of the documentary. That's exactly you know, Hitler is the party now." And to have Joe Biden come right, come right out there and say, yeah, when he's being accused of the party will never let you, you know, do that if you if you wanted to, Joe. And it's like I am the party. So that, <laughs> I was like, whoa, that's crazy! Oh, Triumph of the Will. That's the that's the name of the documentary. Have you seen that, by the way? No, I haven't. Okay, I've actually watched that in 2020 because you know I get bored and I it was available to download. I went, oh, let's check it out. So it's a Nazi propaganda film. Um, but whatever, like I said in the past, you know, watching it doesn't make me a Nazi. It's educational, and you learn some stuff. Um, and again, my you know the uh, my buddy who was you know making that comment said like, if you watch politics today and you watch that film, you see hints of everything that goes on in that film in politics today. 
right? Like that's sure. right. So it's all, you know, it's, it's a way it's relevant. to, it is so relevant. Um, but it's also a way to recognize propaganda, right? If you're, <laughs> if well, you needed help with that, I guess, I guess that's lost on probably 50% of the population. Right. But maybe if they watch this movie, if they watch this no. documentary, no. Okay. Fair enough. No, this is, this is the truth. People see what they want to believe. Yeah. I'll buy that too. So. Yeah. Which is also, you know, which is also one of the weird things coming out of the debate, right? Was, you know, the, the Trumpers was like Trump dominated. Uh, and the, the Biden people are like, well, Biden did a pretty good job, you know, especially yeah. with Trump bullying him the whole time, mm-hmm. you know, what, as yeah. well as can I, be expected. I, I actually, I, I was surprised. Uh, I was expecting Biden to fall apart and, uh, slur his words and, you know, not be able to make a complete sentence. And he, he did a pretty good job as far as being able to talk. <laughs> yes. So, and, and the people in the Biden camp, uh, pre-debate, right. That's what one of their claims was was he's a lifer politician. He's been in politics for 47 years or whatever. He may not fare well in interviews or off-the-cuff situations, uh, but he's had time to prepare for this debate, right. uh, and he's a professional, right? So well, he should be he, by now. Exactly. So the, 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 the expectation that he was going to, as you said, slur his words and fall apart and not understand things, they were like, no, no, you don't, you don't understand how professional this dude can be when the moment counts, right. I go, all right, we'll see. And you know, again, to his credit, I was impressed. Um, I'm also not one of those people that get too hard on Biden for, for stumbling over words, right. um, because it's my understanding that he grew up with stutter, right? So it's, he's, not, <laughs> he's, he's not stumbling over words. He's trying to correct a speech impediment. That's, in a, you know, a lifelong dilemma for him. So, you know, I don't, well, He's he's had some other uh, breakdowns in the past where he's completely making up things. And, Understood, so, but and, they and, can, then, and also and also saying things that make absolutely no sense. So it's not just a stutter. He's he's got some serious problems. Right, and when that happens, fine. But there were moments in the debate where he stuttered. Right, you mm-hmm. could see you yeah. could see that and it I, was I a stutter. Yeah. and I don't I, count I don't, that against him. Yeah, I don't. I don't count that. I I, I you know I, I'm not that petty. So and it's the same but for Trump people too. are okay. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Same. Same for Trump. In what respect? When he when he gets the facts wrong. Uh, well. Or when he starts word like, salading. Like you, you, you have to try to figure out what he's actually trying to say instead of taking everything literally. You know. Okay. Like if he says, "Oh, I I had uh." Okay. Thank you. Can you just leave it? Thank you. All right. Delivery. Nice. Um. So, where was I? Oh yeah. So Trump. he said. Uh, I ate, ate a stack of burgers a mile high, and then and then the media fact check him on that. Okay, yeah, and there's I've no way that. he could have eaten. That, you know, it's like, like who, you know, I mean, he says things like that constantly. Like that's just right. the way he talks. Well, and, and in so, the debate, Biden called him out for you know the injecting the bleach into the arm. He's like, you knew that was ingest, Joe. Like, don't try to make that out to be a real thing. Yeah, yeah, and and so yeah, you can easily you can easily uh, bash. Uh, Trump for that, but on the same token, he's not a lifelong politician. So um, he's just being himself, and Trump is a trained monkey. So, right, and you know, you could say again, or not Trump. You, did I say Biden? Biden's Biden, Biden's a trained, yeah. trained monkey. And you could you could see that in you know every every time he like uh, I don't even know how to describe it. He, he he would answer question, and then he he would speak to America. 
right? You know, he'd like be focused, zeroed in on the camera, both hands up, eight fingers pointed right at you. This I'm talking mm-hmm. to you, America. This is this is your cho- chance to to make yeah. a make a difference. So it's serious now, right? All of a sudden, it's it's serious. <laughs> and again, and, in, and 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 Trump obviously wasn't coached, and he was staring at Biden the whole time uh, because that's who he was debating. But and to me, that makes sense, right? Right, it makes sense. <laughs> you're you're, de- you're not debating America; you're you're debating Donald Trump. <laughs> so you should you should be speaking to and addressing uh, your de- right. your debate opponent, not you know. And so there were there were some people you know in the crowd, right, that who called that like the Hail Mary pass every time Biden did that. It's like, oh, here comes another Hail Mary. He's throwing yeah. up, you know, because it's the, the the last vestige of appeal. Because you're not going to appeal to Trump. Uh, right. But you but you can appeal to the viewing audience, and there's something to be said for that because having been in you know way too many uh, pointless, crude social media debates uh, over time, you know de- defending the anarchist libertarianist <laughs> position, right? You know that you're not going to convince the other party. Uh, the the debate is more for the viewers, right? People who may stumble across that thread, um, maybe they'll learn something. So even after the debate, right, like I'm not going to vote. I'm not going to vote for either of those two. I'm not, you know, I'm not going to participate in the election cycle. But there were, you know, people on social media who was like, oh, my God, I can't believe it that, you know, it's going to come down to one of these two idiots. And I would just pop up the Joe Jorgensen, you know, Joe20.com link mm-hmm. and just leave it there. Right. I'm not going to vote for her. Um, <laughs> You know, but if you're, if you think that you've only got two choices, well, maybe you can learn a little something by clicking one little link that, you know, that, that I dropped in and who knows, will it work? I don't know. Do I care? Not so much. Um, kind of, you know, the same thing with the, uh, Ron Paul campaigns from some years ago, uh, was not going to vote for Ron Paul was not going to participate, but there was, you know, there was a dude handing out, um, Ron Paul business cards. Uh, on the street as I was, you know, walking, um, to my vehicle from work. And I was like, you know what, give me a stack of those. Cause I will hand those out to people as well, because I've all, you know, at the time I said, well, I'm not going to vote. Um, but if you are going to vote, there is a clear exception, uh, to the, you know, standard politician, po- political choices, political candidates. Uh, and you should probably think about, uh, at least considering Ron Paul as your pick, if you're going to participate. I'm not even going to try to convince you not to. I'll just say I'm not because I'm not a monkey. Um, you do what you're going to do. And if you're going to do it, there's, you know, there, there's clearly a good choice for you. Um, and so I feel the same way with the, the, the Joe Jorgensen campaign, not for me. Right. You know, um, and the, the, I, I did not, I do not participate in libertarian politics, mm-hmm. but during the run up, you know, during, during their candidate selection, um, I was pulling, for vermin supreme that would have been my choice if i participated um and again i have friends here that are highly involved in libertarian politics and like that's kind of that's their thing they they, they but run for if office. he was if he was nominated would you have voted for him no because <laughs> <laughs> i'm not, not you know again i don't but i do here the thing about i've seen i've said this on the show before the thing about vermin supreme right is it is clear satire right? Mm -hmm. It's, it's clear satire. Um, it's a political theater in a, in a different sense of the word. Um, it is, uh, I want to say a, a, a type of in the system activism, uh, 
um, that he can participate in. And, you know, even in serious interviews with them before, you know, they, you know, what's with the boot vermin. And he said, no one would listen to me if I didn't have the boot on my head. Right. The, the boot draws people in to wonder what the hell. And then that gives him the platform to speak his message. Right. So I go, perfect. You know, that's, that's kind of what, uh, in the system activism should be, in my opinion, if you're going to participate, I do not. So I don't care. Um, but he would have been like, I was pulling for Vermin Supreme to win the libertarian nomination. And again, I have, you know, people, friends here that are highly involved in libertarian politics. We talk about it sometimes. I don't get too involved and, you know, that's not, not my area. So I kind of, I listen to them. I get, you know, their perspective on things and I go, thank you for the information. Um, and their complaint about Vermin Supreme was not libertarian enough, right? Kind of a, a lefty anarcho-socialist, if you will, um, you know, too, too much of the, the, the socialism aspect that was hidden really well during the campaign, right? Like he believes those things apparently. Um, but you know, when you're running for libertarian, you just don't say those things, uh, if you're trying to get the libertarian vote. So I go, all right, fair enough. Joe Jorgensen, fine. Probably, you know, one of the top two or three candidates on that, uh, candidates on the libertarian ticket that qualified as a libertarian. Right, like if, if like the most libertarian you can get, um, I would grant that. Right, like if you if you're gonna if you're gonna nominate a libertarian, they probably made the right call, uh, <laughs> probably. But you know, you you mentioned that. Well, what about effectiveness? And right. that's why I said, you know, that's why Vermin Supreme, right? Because you have Trump as the incumbent. You're not going to get anywhere appealing to reason and logic. Uh, you know, and, and proper freedom, free, free people, free markets, libertarian ideals. Uh, when you have the fucking clown of all clowns sitting at the head of the table, right? What they needed was the court jester, right? If any, if anything was going to happen, you needed, you needed someone like Vermin Supreme to bring that satire, uh, to bring that, you know, to bring that, uh, oppositional to politics point of view, um, and someone who can troll as hard, if not better, than Donald Trump. Um, we just need a, a new party instead of the Libertarian Party. We need a, a troll party. Sure, you know, and and good luck because the Libertarians have had forty years um, to do something, and they're still like you know begging to get five percent in some election somewhere uh, to make things yeah. easier well, for them in the future. It, I, I, I really think. Uh, libertarian strategy isn't the right one because it's, it's it's very anti-political. So how do you win a position to gain power over people if your goal isn't to gain power over people? It's 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 there's no way for it to work in my opinion. Well, okay, I will answer that because this was you know this was a question that was basically posed uh, on Free Talk Live months ago, um, and Ian of Free Talk Live didn't like my answer, but the answer is simple. Uh, and I stand by it. You lie to people. It's not like okay, they're not used but you to can't, it. You can't lie to people when you're saying uh, our, our position is the non-aggression principle. No, you absolutely can. Because that part is irrelevant. Right? It's not, it's not, not that to, our... Not to libertarians. <laughs> understood. And, that's, and again, the question is, how do you win? Right? Not how principled can you be? 
And the way to win is to lie. You lie to people. They expect it from politicians, right? And then you win, right? So you promise, here's the thing, from the libertarian perspective, if you want to win, you promise free stuff and then you deliver freedom, right? So you break all your political promises, just like every other politician. Well, so somebody, somebody did that in uh, New Zealand and, and changed the course of history there. Well, fucking there you go. I didn't even but, know that. But if it has, but, you know, historical precedents. But he didn't do it in the Libertarian Party. He did it under the Socialist Working Party. Or, or what do you call that? Uh, that sounds right. <laughs> Socialist Workers Party? Communist Worker? I don't know. Yeah. I, I forget the worker part of it. But yeah, the, okay. the Socialist Party, basically. I mean, the National Socialist Workers Party? Is, was he a there, Nazi? There, maybe there's there? a different word for worker. But, okay. Uh, 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 my my brain's freezing on that, but anyway, basically, socialist party. He said, uh, basically, after he won, he said, well, "Equality is what you want, right? Then we'll treat you all equally by not giving anybody anything." And they privatized even the post office. There and, you go. Uh, and all of a sudden, and they stopped the subsidies to the farmers. And all of a sudden, the farmers started growing food. Amazing. Because they had to sell something to make money. Wow, what a concept. What a concept. <laughs> so thank you for that because now at least there's some historical precedent for what I was considering yeah. a novel idea. Uh, even so though my point, my point is you can't do it in the Libertarian Party. You should you start a socialist party, rise up through the socialist party. When you get into office, say everybody gets equal, nothing. And okay. then you'll have exactly that. Fine, then you know, then 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 you have to infiltrate one of these socialist parties, true? Because they're already, you know, those things like the the Communist Party of America and the Socialist Party, those already exist. Uh, mm -hmm. The reason the reason I said you can you know you can do it with the Libertarian Party is because I don't think the party label matters too much, right? There there's some there might the the Libertarian Party may have forty years of baggage surrounding it. Um, but you know, the, one of the biggest complaints within the Libertarian Party itself um, is they're not libertarian enough, right? They, you know, they, they've run candidates that aren't libertarians, calling themselves libertarians and besmirching the good name of real libertarians everywhere. I go, all right, if, if we're already doing that, then let's just you know infiltrate the parties. Like you know, um, earlier this year, like during during that Libertarian election cycle, there was um, I think it was like the Libertarian wing of the Libertarian Party. Right, like the, the true libertarians. I guess it was done in jest to show that some of the other people were not real libertarians. Uh, fine. Uh, so you know, so there's all there's already like infighting within there. So I don't really, I personally don't care if someone comes along who may be a real libertarian and just says unlibertarian things. Right. Once once they once they've acquired that nomination. Right. You you want freedom. You want equality then we are the party of free and equal, right? Like, you know, change, change the marketing to that for 2024. Uh, libertarians, free and equal. Uh, and then, like you said, once you, once you get into office, uh, then you give them free and equal, right? You know, freedom and equal treatment, which would be zero. And, you know, one of two things will happen. Um, you know, it, it could be like the New Zealand case where people come around and go like, oh, this freedom thing actually kind of works. Maybe, you know, can't believe we didn't try this for the last 200 years. Um, or, you know, they go like, nope, I, we really did want our free stuff. And which is why I always said it, it has to be like a sustained effort. 
you have to have another Confederate lined up behind that talking shit about their compatriot uh, in order to win the vote. Right. So they, you know, they, they, they elect out the libertarian that didn't give them free stuff. They bring in this back, you know, Democrat or Republic secret libertarian um, back in office and they do the same thing. Right. Ah, you free and equal and boom, more, more freedom. And we'll see how it goes. And people, you know, people are used to being lied to in politics. They're used to not getting uh, what the, the politicians promised. So if you keep alternating, you know, what's being offered and have some sort of sustained campaign of victories, um, victories and more freedom, more liberty, less regulation, less taxes, all that other fun stuff. Um, maybe you have a shot, but, but the current plan is obviously not working, right? The party of principle, uh, yeah, you can be the party of principle and you will lose every time because it's never going to be about that. Um, and if, if you're, if the goal of the party is, you know, what it, what I think it was founded for, which is an educational campaign, right? These are the things that people should want. And, you know, these are, this is the way to get more human uh, peace and, and, you know, wealth and, and, you know, building people up. Uh, then, yeah, then may, let it be that in which case you, you're not there to win. You're there to move the message, right? To push the message forward. Uh, what is it? The Overton window. Your, 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 your goal is to like move the Overton window, Overton window of, of political debate, um, to one of more freedom, right? You have, you have to interject those ideas into the discussion so that the people who actually have a chance have to talk about those ideas. Uh, and again, to, to circle this back around to, to, to Vermin Supreme, if you're going to have Donald Trump uh, the, you know, the, the bully of all bullies, the, the, the pompous ass of all pompous ass, the egomaniac of all egomaniacs, um, you know, subdued Joe Jorgensen is not going to compete on that level, right? Vermin Supreme troll him with the best of them. You know, the, someone posted like, you know, if Joe Jorgensen is not going to crash the debate, maybe we should have Vermin Supreme dressed up in a blue dress to do it. I go, well, you should have just elected Vermin Supreme. Right. You should have nominated Vermin Supreme to be the, you know, the libertarian candidate. And then you wouldn't have to worry about, you know, recruiting him to do shit on behalf of Joe Jorgensen, who clearly wouldn't do it. Um, he would have just done it. And that would have, that would have been the satire. That would have been the, you know, the moving the message forward about how ridiculous things are. Uh, when the candidate with the boot on his head shows up with a megaphone outside the debate stage, uh, demanding to, you know, to be included. Right. That's newsworthy. That gets that gets coverage uh, somewhere because you can't ignore that. Uh, it, it you know, Libertarian Party uh, presidential candidate arrested, uh, you know, for for harassing Donald Trump and Joe Biden prior to the debate. Fluster them, you know, to 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 no end, um, if and when you can get close enough to do so. We had a, you know, the the governor's race here in New Hampshire. And, you know, for before, uh, during the primaries, uh, you know, we had nobody running on the Republican ticket, right? Like he was, he was running as a Republican and they were talking about like, well, how do you get nobody to debate the incumbent, uh, Chris Nunu? And nobody said, I'm just going to go knock on his door and challenge him to a debate. I go, that's brilliant. Film it. Right. And I don't think you ever did it, you know, but if you, you know, if, if you're going to run that type of campaign where there's no expectation of victory. Um, and it's just to, you know, it's just to get the message out. Well then, yeah, you have to be, you have to be a little bit trollish. You have to be a little bit in your face, especially, 
um, in today's politics. Now, maybe at some point in the past, uh, you know, politics and political discussion and political debates may have carried with it uh, an air of, of dignity, and we're not there anymore, right? So you're not going to, you know, the, the people saying like, Joe Jorgensen would have mopped the floor with Donald Trump with her facts and logic and reasoning. No, she would have got crushed. If you watch the debate, you know that there's no way, you know, there's no way that she would have overcome um, the, the, the volume and ferocity that J- Donald Trump was spewing, right? It, you know, facts, reason, and logic would not have mattered when he's just shouting down everything that you plan on saying. And if Joe Jorgensen was, you know, could, you know, rise up to that and shout down Donald Trump and still get the message across with facts, reasoning, logic, and appealing to the emotion of the voters, then maybe. But I don't, I don't see that anywhere near being her personality type or well within her, her repertoire of, of tactics uh, to go up against Donald Trump. So I don't think, you know, uh, I, I think being able to say that she would have mopped the floor um, because she wasn't allowed to debate uh, maybe carries with it something, um, but she would not have performed anywhere near effectively uh, based on the, the type of debate that it was. So my issue with the debate was or my, my one issue that, that my ears perked up that I was like, ooh, this is going to get juicy, um, was when uh, they, they started talking about race. And uh, Chris Wallace asked Trump if he would denounce the white supremacists. Okay. And, and if you, I, I actually read the debate, uh, some, some of the text from it afterwards, and, and he did say, sure, uh, yeah. kind of flippantly. But um, the part where I think he really screwed up is he was trying to get Biden to say, well, what are these white supremacist groups? Like, can you name one? And of course, Proud boys. Oh, well, he, no, Biden didn't say anything because he, he doesn't know any. Right. And what, what messed it up for Trump, though, is he brought up the Proud Boys. And so that means he's associating them with white supremacists. Whether Which or people not, do. Right. Whether or not they're white supremacists or not. I, I, Hard I don't, to say that when there's black members of the Proud Boys. Just throwing right. that out there. Right. And so I don't think they're white supremacists. I think that's silly. I think there is no popular white supremacist group in the u.s um anymore yeah anymore it's just it's just not a thing and and so trump was right to say can you name one group or one person or you know who are you talking about like it's just a made-up thing um except if you're on the far left then you think everybody who's uh against uh riots in the street is a white supremacist (laughs) they think uh they even put a picture of a uh, the Kenosha shooter, uh, Kyle. Yeah. Uh, as, as an example of a white supremacist. Obviously and he's, he's suing, <laughs> he's suing for that for right. defamation. Apparently. Which I would too. Yeah. But the, so he's going to sand him in the whole lot of them. That's what I'm it, saying now. When they, it, it just shows the disconnect. Uh, but so anyway, what, what I thought was interesting was that Trump brought up the proud boys when asked about white supremacists. So it was a connection that didn't need to be made and he, he didn't deliver it in the right way. Uh, and sure. also he made it sound like he was their leader when he said, uh, uh, stand down and stand by. It's like, <laughs> okay. So now all of a sudden they're going to uh, do what Trump says. Like, even though he's not like really associated with them in any way, except yeah. there's some of the, some of the proud boys are Trump supporters. Um, so, I think it would be 
good to, I guess, say what what I think the Proud Boys is, and and I think what they are is just an anti leftist organization. Yeah, uh, they're loosely aff- affiliated with a whole bunch of anti leftist stuff. Traditional and, Western conservative values, if you will. Mm, I don't I don't know if that's it. Okay, I think it's I think it's mostly anti, and so it's it's uh, it's what a lot of politics is. It's like. Why do people line up on the right? Well, it's because they hate the left. Why do people line up on the left? It's because they hate the right. <laughs> That's sure. the, the main uh, point of politics is uh, is what you fear. And that's that's my idea. That's the way I see it is uh, people line up uh, with the groups based on what they're afraid of. And, you know, I'm afraid of government, so I, I'm uh, proudly uh, libertarian. Sure. And uh, so... And I stay out of politics, so I'm the anarchist, <laughs> right? And and I'm I, I I'm libertarian, but I'm I lean more anarchist because it's like the libertarians are, are useless. So it's it's better for me just to uh, act in a way where I I just don't associate with the government. Is I mean as the least right. as I can. So and obviously I still have to, but. Uh, yeah, and I would I say small L libertarians, right? They're you know, they're they're tolerable. And then I go like, you just you just make the leap, man. Just you know, the the few things that you still want the government to do, uh, just use the same well, rationale for everything else on those things. It's it's not that I want them to do anything uh, so much. It's like. Right, but small I, L libertarians t- tend to be the minarchists, right? Where they they still see okay, some value sure. in the function and, of government, and the big L libertarians are just the party members trying to do whatever, win whatever yeah. election they want. It's like I'm I don't see myself as a small L, but I would love to live in a place where small L people uh, dominate government. Sure, if you're going to have uh, a government, yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> so there's uh, always that hidden that's assumption. As, that's all. Is as far as I go, and, you yeah. know, and. They they would be the, the you know the the least the libertarian government would be the least likely to uh, interfere with my life, and and so True. that's the, if if I have to say which kind of government I would like I would like a libertarian government. Uh, none is good too. Yeah, and I would I would prioritize none, and then there's like you know levels of acceptance on down from there. Um, yeah. I want to comment real quick. Uh, on what you said, uh, I, you read the transcript. I did not read any of the debate transcripts, but that the point you brought up um, with the racial question was kind of a highlight for me too. And if they're going to bring up the the narrative um, that the moderator was hostile to Trump, um, I think that was that segment would have been a good example of that as well, because yeah. like you like you've read it, um, and I heard it when he said it. Right, he's like, "Will you denounce these racist groups?" And Trump said, sure, right? Like he answered, it was a direct question. Uh, it may not have been a solid yes or no, but sure is definitely an affirmative answer mm-hmm. to that question, right? Well, and he, then the he, moderator. So he, Trump did what, what he always does and tries to change it to something that is relevant to him. Sure. And what is relevant to him is that Biden doesn't know a single white supremacist group. So right. how, like, you know, and, and obviously it was, it was Biden and, and Wallace against Trump. And so, go ahead, tell me exactly which white supremacists to denounce. Like, well, and, and he asked that of the moderator. That was like right. the next thing, right? Mm-hmm. He said, like, will you denounce white supremacy? And Trump said, sure. And then here's the bigger issue, right? And then, you know, and, you know, see, he tried, he tried to, to like you said, move, uh, 
move the conversation forward because he answered the question. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, uh, the, uh, oh man, I forget the moderator's name, the moderator, Chris Wallace, Chris Wallace. Thank you. I was thinking Chris Matthews and I knew that was wrong. Uh, <laughs> Chris Wallace, like pressed him further. Right. You know, like Trump said, can you name one? And, you know, Chris Wallace goes like, so are you, are you, so you, you will, you will, you will not renounce these groups, <laughs> you know? And I was like, Trump already did. He he answered sure, like he answered the question, <laughs> and th- and that's when Trump, you know, at, was like questioning the moderator. He goes like, "Which group do you want me to renounce?" Right? Like, like I already said sure, and you're asking me, you're repeating the question, uh, which doesn't need to be repeated because I've already answered it. So if you have a particular group in mind that you want me to renounce because you asked the question generally and I answered it generally, will you renounce racism and the racist group? Sure, you know. So will you renounce these groups? which group are you talking about? You know, so I, I thought, you know, again, highlighted the, the uh, more, not highlighted, but more evidence for those that said that it was, you know, it was tr- tr- uh, Wallace and Biden versus Trump, right? That was, that was one of those things that where it came up. Uh, the other big one where I don't even know how the conversation, how the, the topic turned that way, but you know, the millions of dollars to Biden's son, right? Like there's no way that was, oh, he in- just, he just brought it up. Right. But, you know, and, and Chris Wallace goes like, oh, we're not going to talk about that. We're going to move on to something else. Uh, <laughs> let's, let's, let's talk about something, you know, that, that, you know, more and more appealing to the, the you know, general. And Biden goes, yeah, I would like that too, right? A, yeah. a tacit admission um, that that was, you know, not in the plans to, to talk about that at all. Yep. And whether or not that was right, like, is it relevant? I don't know. In a, in a presidential debate where, you know, the... the so- Go ahead. Uh, you know, I, I do defend Trump more often than I like. Uh, one of the most important things about Trump to me is his uh, unwillingness to fall for the climate scandal. Yep. Uh, the, and if if some president, I mean, like, okay, Obama was one of those people who, who thought that, or said, at least publicly, that if we don't change the 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 uh, CO2 emissions and the, the planet is going to overheat and it's just the worst thing ever. Right. So, and he was in for eight years. So did he solve anything? No. It's like, so it doesn't matter if, if Biden get, gets in, he probably won't solve it either. Um, and that's kind of like the issue for the left is, th- is that they think if, if a conservative gets in there, that the planet is going to die and it's, it's wrong and silly and right. Uh, and, and Trump knows it. And but the other thing that Trump correctly pointed out is in the U.S., uh, CO two emissions have been going down, and and they're rising in other places like India and China. So uh, the focus shouldn't be on the U.S. The focus should be on other places. And China. if if you even care about CO two, which I don't at all, I see CO two as plant food. So, um, so but if if somebody let's say Biden does get in. And he is able to use the full force of government to uh, stop climate change. Uh, then that that could be basically something similar to the Green New Deal, which uh, you know increase taxes on everything. Right. Uh, electricity prices go through the roof, like they did in Germany, and which the uh, fact checkers caught Biden on, at least on that, because during the debate he said, you know, he's not for the Green New Deal. That's not his plan. Mm-hmm. Um, and you go to his website and it's like, one of the biggest things about the environment is this Green New Deal thing that Biden's going to be working for. <laughs> right. He doesn't even know what his plan is. He doesn't even know what his plan is or, or what's on his website. Right. But but he's the party. So Buck stops there, pal. Yeah. Yeah. And which I think he's 
total bullshit too. Even even if he was to say I'm for the Green New Deal, I don't think he actually is. I I think he's a big crony capitalist, just uh, like Trump, um, and he he wants uh, the the power for his own people, you know, <laughs> so he can keep his kids out of jail and uh, keep the donations flowing, <laughs> you know. So yeah, it'll just be his cronies, right, that are getting the benefits. You know, and I th- I did think Trump made a good point again with the environmental issues when they were talking about, um, you know, the fuel standards or whatever. He's like, you know, you put all this extra cost, right, to save like one mile a gallon, mm-hmm. you know, and it's just not worth it, right? You know, and then that's when he transitioned to the, you know, the China thing. It's like, it's not even happening here. So why are we going to burden Americans with higher prices, higher cost, mm-hmm. you know, to get some environmental impact um, that's not that big of a deal? You know, and he'll, he'll take heat from the left for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but where, you know, the, the focus could be elsewhere, could be on foreign policy, uh, instead, or, you know, getting those, uh, getting those other countries, um, yeah. onto the and, same standards and emissions, even without the, the Paris deal and, and all the other protocols that, uh, did nothing, uh, in, in the grand scheme of things to bring CO2 down uh, worldwide, um, in the U.S., it's actually been going down. So, uh, and he he pointed that out, and that's and that is the truth. And uh, so, it's that that's the one, go back to Proud Boys again. Um, the people that say the U.S. sucks, you know, believe that the U.S. is causing uh, the the Earth to die, you know, and yeah, and only the, the U.S. Po- to the point that uh, it's it's now. On, uh, from the far left, it's a bad thing to you know wave a U.S. flag, and to me, it shouldn't be good or bad. It's like, so what? It's somebody likes this flag or so, you know whoever. I don't really care. Somebody's worshiping the government. Oh, that's wonderful. Religious cloth um, doesn't really bother me so much, but um, that's one of the reasons why the the Proud Boys exist is because the left made it uh, popular to hate hate the. The, the country they live in, which is which is is funny to me, you know. Right. I don't I don't know what to do to cheer, to cheer or laugh at these things, you know. Well, I'll tie it back into the triumph of the will, right? I watched that documentary, um, and that's where I first learned about like you know the blood flag and the history behind that. I go, oh, right. so you you know same idea, right? The flag worship, the you know the the special piece of cloth um, that you can either love or hate depending on whose side you're on. Now apparently. Um, but again, who cares, you know, not me, you know, burn it for all I care. It, it's like, as when, long as it's yours. If, 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 uh, if a leftist does, uh, get elected, is that when the left is going to start waving American flags again? Maybe because I'll get, okay. So let's go again. I, I don't, just, I don't think they were when, when, when Obama was in office. Well, we're, I think we're, it was still the conservatives waving the flags. <laughs> sure. But if, if to go to to transition back a little bit to the uh, the the, um, the the climate change issue, right? If you if you're gonna if you're gonna take that position from the left, right? Where's the where's the anti-war left pointing out the fact that you know the military is the biggest polluters, right? Mm. And if you want to save the environment, uh, maybe you don't have so many defense contracts and and defense agencies and and defense personnel. Um, contributing the biggest amount of pollution uh, that the U.S. can generate, right? Like that's the big group. So maybe, 
where's the libertarian candidate saying that, right? Like if we're going to talk about climate change and, and saving the environment, uh, let's talk about military pollution and how we can scrape that off right off the top by bringing all the troops home and like, you know, scaling back the military and not having standing army and yada, 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 so on and so forth. And then maybe we can reassess, you know, the climate situation once the U.S., once the full force of the U.S. military uh, isn't polluting the planet as much as they are, right? So there's, you know, there, that's another angle that could be taken um, for liberty-minded individuals, libertarians, whatever, on that issue, right? Yeah, right. you know, who's not for saving the planet? Who, you know, it's just there's there's cost and benefits to the 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 mechanism, the plan to do that, that need to be weighed out. Uh, against the, you know, the impact on all of humanity, uh, much the same way the whole COVID lockdown is, right? You know, mm -hmm. I, I, we don't need to talk about that too much. I think it's been hammered home enough, but, you know, you get the yeah. idea, right? The, the, the and well, we can talk about it because, you know, they talked about it in the debate, the whole opening up versus shutting down the economy, right? Like Trump's like, well, people just want to go out. They know how to protect themselves. They know to wear masks. They know to social distance. Uh, you don't need to lock down the entire economy uh, because people are, at this point, are capable of assessing the risks on their own. And Joe Biden was like, <laughs> which, no. Which I was after two weeks, but. You know, and I was I from day one. <laughs> some people need five months. I don't know. <laughs> and I still don't think they do, right? Like I, uh, I was on um, Free Talk Live a couple Sundays ago and, you know, the, the issue came up and I said, I don't think people are, I don't think people are changing their opinion on the COVID thing, right? It's, it's not a matter of principle. It's, they're just worn out, right? They're just, they're just so frustrated and worn out by the response to it, right? That all of a sudden it's not that they want more freedom. It's that they they just can't stay home, right? The ca cabin fever, whatever you want to call it. The, 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 the cost of staying home, uh, is no longer greater than the risk of catching COVID by going out, which was always the case. Mm -hmm. Um, but the, the frustration, um, and the, the, and you know, the, the sheer will of the people, uh, is what's bringing that out. Not, not that they've changed their opinion on the, on COVID, not that they think that it's safe, but that, and no, fuck it. We just, we just got to get out of this damn house. Right. Mm -hmm. Which some people happen a lot sooner than others. And the, you know, the, the more it happens, the better, um, I would have preferred like, you know, the, the principal position where people go like, no, we, we have freedoms. And we're going to exercise them. And that's the end of that. And, you know, we're, we're moving on. Um, but, you know, Biden, again, goes like, well, people do want to go out, but they want to be safe when they do. So we, we have to shut everything down until it's safe to go out. And then, and only then, can we start the rebuilding phase, right? We, we, must, we must burn it all to the ground. And have America rise like the phoenix from the ashes uh, once we know that COVID has been exterminated off the planet. Right. I got into it with a customer um, at work today because at the beginning of COVID, right, you know, people were hard up for money. Um, and I was, I was accommodating with people on, you know, payment plans and special exceptions. Um and we're, you know, we're, what are we, we're like seven months out now, we're in October and she's still asking for like special favors. We're like, oh, you've, you've done this for so long. I go, yes. And it was supposed to be temporary. Not only was it supposed to be temporary, uh, I told you the last time we had this conversation that I'm not going to do it anymore 
because it was supposed to have been temporary. Right. And then she starts bitching at me like, but COVID is still a thing. Like we still, we're still, I'm still being affected. I'm like, I understand that. But now you are the only one still being affected. Right. Like all the other customers that I had that I made special exceptions for payment plans for worked with them, you know, through the, those early months of the lockdown, um, you know, they're all caught up and everything is back to normal. And she's like, well, so you're just singling me out then to, to treat me like this. I'm like, well, no, you're singling yourself out because you're the only one still using COVID as an excuse for not paying your bills. You know, everyone, <laughs> everyone else has figured it out. And she's like, are you there? You, you're not even the owner. I'm like, let me tell you something. The owner would have evicted you and auctioned your stuff off months ago. Right. I was the, <laughs> I was the buffer for all of yeah. you people, you know, who were, who were struggling <laughs> Because the directive I got from the owner was, if they can't pay, get them out. You know, that's it. But he didn't give a shit about COVID. He didn't care what their excuses were. You pay the bill or you're gone. You know, so I, I was the buffer. I, I made special arrangements with people. I made notes in the system. I didn't let him know, uh, you know, directly that, you know, that, you know, people were on certain payment plans that may take a little bit of time to catch up. That you know uh, that certain people were allowed uh, to come yeah, in but, to the but facility, on, but on the plus side, your your boss probably made a little bit more money because you didn't kick them out. I think so, which is why I was willing <laughs> to do it, right? You know, but but to throw that in my face, like you know what what would he have said? I mean, you would have been on your ass. You know, like yeah. in April, you would have been out of here because you couldn't pay in April, right? And yeah, so, you, so you, you could have threatened her. You could have said, "Well, you could talk to him." <laughs> And you'll be gone. <laughs> yeah, I uh, told him like if that's what you want to do, like I'll just I'll just write you the eviction notice now. <laughs> you know? And then she hung up. <laughs> but yeah, so I you know uh, rude, right, and entitled uh, to a special favor that I I was willing to grant early on that I had explained had an expiration date. Right, that she knew that expiration date was coming, and then to ask for the favor again, and then uh, again get entitled when I say no, right? Because <laughs> I don't have a problem saying no. Uh, you know, they, in, in the beginning, I was compassionate. People needed some support. I I was able to accommodate. Um, but yeah, COVID, it, it, if, if if we're going to have this new normal and COVID's not going away, right? Then that excuse is out the window, and especially when everyone else has figured it out. Right. Yeah. I, you know, I've over 500 customers, 700 units, uh, and, and one, right. is still saying co- because of COVID, I can't pay the bill. Um, you know, I'm not having that. You pay other people. Now, all of a, now you just got to pay me first. And especially with that belligerency, right? Mm. Like the, the, no way she's getting anything going forward. I can't, yeah. I can't wait until that 30 day hits and I snap the lock and send her to auction. Should have just played nice and been respectful, been great, been grateful, right? You know, show so show some gratitude uh, for the amount of leeway you've gotten in seven months, uh, but not putting not, and not pushing your luck when it goes in eight. All right, that was a tangent. Back on track. Anything else about the debates that that stood out or the debate that stood out? Um, no, I thought you, I, I thought the Proud Boys thing was was really interesting and. Uh, the, the 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 way it came down um and and the, the the flaws with the way that trump handled that and uh 
and the the complete uh, uh, attack from you know uh, Chris Wallace. Uh, yeah, with with that question, uh, totally unfair. It, it it was it was interesting to watch, um, but obviously people on the left are going to see Trump is a white supremacist, and but they already are, thought that like that. Nobody's minds they, are changed. No, nobody's minds changed. Um, but again, it's Trump is unable to effectively communicate what what he means. Yeah, you know when he's talking about the Proud Boys, which he's. I think later even said, I don't know who they are, yeah. uh, but I'm sure he was briefed on them because they were getting in fights with Antifa, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so. it, it would be even more ludicrous if he wasn't aware of them because he was certainly right. aware of Antifa, right? He, he right. was hammering the Antifa thing home mm-hmm. with his law. Say law and order, Joe. You can't say law enforcement. You mm-hmm. can't because the left will eat you alive. Right. And so, yeah. Uh, We'll see. We'll see what happens. It'll be interesting. Um, one of the, the final big issue then, and then we can move into headlines. Uh, and maybe it's not even that big of an issue. Was the the question to Joe Biden about packing the courts? Um, and I hear it as an issue. I understand his non response makes it an issue. Um, but I also i I don't know if it's a real issue or if it's a manufactured issue. Because every president throughout time has the opportunity to do so uh, if they also control the Senate. So I don't see why this would be any different. Mm. Yeah, I don't see it. I don't see why either. I think okay. it's just they're they're complaining and because um, that's what their base expects. To complain? Well, they... They're not complaining. the 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 issue is not that Trump is uh, appointing a new or nominating a new justice uh, because Ruth Bader Ginsburg died, right? It's whether or not there's going to be the the shift in the longstanding tradition of nine U.S. Supreme Court justices that we've had throughout time, uh, or if Joe Biden would change that. And he did not answer, right? Which leads people to say that you know he would do that. Well, uh, he might, and that's one more reason to vote for Biden if you want that sort of thing, because you might have a chance of getting what you want. But that's why he can't say yes or no. Okay, but I, and again, but every other president that had that opportunity could have done the same thing, right? You you get the you get the the White House and the Senate, and you can you can nominate as many Supreme Court justices as you want, right? They just there's no limit, as far as I know. The Supreme Court doesn't have a limit on the amount of justices you can have, mm. so. If, you know, if Trump had the Senate, would he have done it? Probably not, right? Obama didn't do it, right? Bush didn't do it. Clinton didn't do it. Other Bush didn't do it. Um, so I don't, I don't, unless, I, maybe it's just me, but I don't remember Biden ever mentioning it, that that was like one of his planks or one of his plans. It just manifested as an issue. And I don't know where that came from or why that came to a head during the debate. Does that make sense? I'm just a little confused. Um, they they just wanted to create drama. I think that's what it is. Yeah. Because even though he didn't say he wouldn't, I don't necessarily think that he would. I, I, I think there's deeper ramifications for doing that. Um, and, you know, in two years, right, if, if Trump gets reelected in two years, if the, sh- if the Senate shifts, right, to, to the Re- Republicans, you could load it up. Right, he, there's already going to be what like a six-three, you know, Republican majority or whatever, 
uh, or conservative, or well, I don't even know how you uh, denominate Supreme Court justice with political parties, because that's not even supposed to be a thing either. Uh, but he could just throw two more in there, right? And then, then there's like no chance. Then it would be like, you know, what would be uh, eight to three, you know, good luck overcoming that Democrats, uh, you know, until the Democrats get the White House and the Senate, which is bound to happen eventually, right? And then they, they nominate like six more and then it's nine to eight, you know, and then who cares, right? Then you have 17 Supreme Court justices will now determine the fate of the free world. <laughs> so, right. And then maybe two die in one year and they don't have to replace them, you know, so I don't, you know, it's a weird thing and I don't know why. I, I just don't know why it's an issue. All right. Because <laughs> because uh, the media made it so. I think so. I just, you know, that's fair. That's a good answer. Um, but it was a debate question. You know, it was, it was it was there and it was dodged, which makes it even more scandalous. But, you know, he could have just said, he, he could, again, you know, with the libertarian theory of just, or my theory for libertarians, just lie. He could have easily just said no. Right? No, I am not going to back the Supreme Court. That's that is outrageous. And then when he gets the opportunity to do it, he just does it. What are people going to do? They're not going to do anything. It's too late. He, they already <laughs> they already elected him. He's already president. Yeah. All right. Um, anything else? Moving no. on to headlines. Let's do it. All right. I I won't read through all the headlines. Then let's just do this one because it was partially in the debate, so it, it, we could easily transition into this. Um, with the energy crisis, the energy, you know, the climate change, California EV mandate could lead to disaster for states already fragile electric grid. Uh, so are you aware of this, this, uh, California thing, the mandate? Uh, sure. Yeah. Okay. Uh, right here in the, I'll just read the article then. Cause right here in the first line, now that genius California lawmakers have mandated that all cars in the state must be electric by 2035. That seems real. Okay, interjecting real quick. That seems real soon. Twenty thirty five is like fifteen years away. That's yeah. a long well, time to get millions of cars I think electrified. I think it'll happen. You think it would have happened organically, I think, or I think, you think because of this mandate? I think, well, okay. Obviously, there's still going to be people that want to to buy gas cars just because they want them. But yeah, uh, I think most people in, in in fifteen years will be buying electric cars. Okay, fair. Uh, it seems like a good time to ask what exactly this is going to do to the state's already fragile power grid. Uh, and what will likely come as a surprise to lawmakers who we can almost guarantee didn't think about this in advance. It turns out that electrifying all the state's vehicles could be an immense burden on the state's grid, according to Bloomberg. In fact, this past week, uh, this past week's executive order could drive up power demands in the state by as much as 9.5% over the next 10 years and 25% by 2035. This could be a nightmare scenario for a state where power is often so tight that rolling blackouts are ordered to prevent the system from collapsing during heat waves. Additionally, if everyone were to plug in their vehicle at the same time at night, the problem could be concentrated and even worse. Eric Bowman, uh, Director of Resource and Environmental Planning and Strategy at Utility Southern California Edison, said, It could go either way. It really depends on planning. Uh, what planning means is the idea that people would have to stagger when and how they plug in their vehicles for charging, taking into account when the state's solar energy kicks in and when wind power peaks. Ah, yes, what a wonderful quality of life California offers, where you have to soon ask permission to plug in your car just to get from point A to point B. 
everyone plugging in their car at 6 p.m. after work could lead to disaster, according to the report. It's the same time everyone decide, also decides to turn on their air conditioning, stoves, and televisions. At the same time, solar power plunges around sunset, forcing gas plants to pick up the slack. If gas plants are down or there's no import available, you wind up with a rolling blackout scenario like the state had last month. Uh, Jules Kortenhorst, uh, chief executive officer of the Rocky Mountain Institute, said cars will likely have to talk to the grid to figure out when the best time to charge is. The car will talk to the grid. It's 6 p.m. Wait 15 minutes because I'm crunched a bit. You won't spend a second thinking about it. Uh, Californians bought about 1.9 million cars and light-duty trucks last year. The state will simply need more power if it mandates that they are all EVs going forward. It will also need to deploy charging stations much much faster than it has in the past. Uh, Pedro Pizarro of Edison International concluded it's not doable a year from now, but it is doable a decade from now, and that gives society time to deploy infrastructure for chargers and get consumers comfortable. Uh, end of the article. So pick up where you left off, MC. You said that you anticipate uh, EVs being bought in more quantities going forward. Um, so this problem will occur naturally then. Yeah, regard- I think the, the problem in California will probably get worse. Um and unless they go nu- nuclear, which they're they're not doing, and so by 2035, there's no chance of them solving their uh, electric grid problems. Um, so yeah, I, th- I think California is going to be in rough shape. Now, I think there is going to be an expansion of solar and and battery storage at home. So uh, hopefully by then, more people will be storing their own electric for their electric car in, in their homes. Um, and so that might solve some of the issues. Um, but other places where they don't have uh, electrical shortages, um, the, I think, you know, it's, I, I think the electric cars are going to uh, provide more, more benefit than gas cars in, in the near, near future for, for lower costs. Okay. So part of me wants to say, I think when you think about California, it's easy to think about just Los Angeles, right? right? And in you know in Los Angeles, maybe there's an abundance of EVs being purchased. Well, there's um, also a, an abundance of bad policy around the area too. And it's like right. not 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 everywhere in California is is a leftist hellhole. It's uh, there there are conservative areas, especially in the north. And but they're uh, going to be so forced not- to buy these EVs or convert what they have to EVs. Sure, and and they might do that anyway, is what I'm saying, because uh, they're they're not going to have to convert to EVs. They're just not going to be able to buy gas cars in California, right? So or drive gas- them. It's not even purchase, right? It's- uh, no, I think I think they were talking about purchases. Okay. Well, the the the, the first line of the article is lawmakers have mandated that all cars in the state must be electric by 2035. Doesn't say anything. Yeah. Well, d- did not I'll mention. To, I'll have to read the actual bill, but okay. Um, that that doesn't seem feasible. <laughs> that's <laughs> it just doesn't. That's part of what I'm saying, because I you know what what about poor people, right? You, you <laughs> right, have, right. You have 15 years to save up for a new electric car because you're not going to find you know you, you're not going to find uh, any decent cheap gas guzzlers out there on the market. So the people that you know by 2035, if they're if they're on a five or ten year old gas vehicle at that time, right, you still got life in that thing. 
Right. Uh, and all of a sudden you have to, you have to expend, uh, you know, additional cost because California said, you, you know, your five-year-old car is no longer good enough to be on the road in the poor neighborhoods. Come on. Yeah. Oh, I yes. See, EVs I don't see that happening. But, uh, as far as new car sales, I think they could, uh, limit it to electric cars. Okay. But, but then you just buy one from out of state and then make somebody else in a, in a different state happy. Well, by per- by purchasing what a regular car or an EV? Yeah, by buying a, a car from out of state. You, if they allow it back in, yeah, that's the thing. I yeah. I would I would double check that because the article, my understanding was that it didn't say new car purchases; it just says yeah. all cars, um, and that was my original reading uh, of that as well. So we'll see we'll see how that shakes out. Yeah. Well, we got fifteen years. So, <laughs> Which, and again, okay, and this might just be my age uh, as I get older. Um, 15 years no longer seems like a long time to me. No, I mean, we, we can, we can see that coming, but at, at the same time, you know, if they can make a law saying everything has to do this by 2035, they can also get rid of it. That is true. And, and there's, you know, it's not likely that California will, will flip conservative, but, uh, you know, weird, strange things happen. So, all right. Um, well in 15 years with that looming, maybe, maybe it flips well, right. just to repeal that. <laughs> and then, and then they got to push it out another fifteen years but, when the, the the lefties get back in the power. But the way it is right now, uh, conservative people or or just people with with brains that see what's coming, uh, they're leaving California anyway. So, well, that would lead it, me to they, believe that it's not going to change right, in fifteen it, it years. Might, it's just it going to get worse. It might just keep getting worse until until there's a breakdown and. Uh, in society, which you know you can already kind of see happening. I mean, if it, it's it's like. Rolling blackout shouldn't happen in the U.S. <laughs> it just shouldn't happen, you know. Like, I'm with you. It's a weird thing. Second, third world problems that you know, like in Lebanon, they they have uh, electricity problems, and and it's all because of the corrupt government. And well, the same thing in California, you have electricity yeah. problems because the corrupt government. There you go. <laughs> but it, in California, it's just done in the name of environmentalism. Well, then I, then the then the Lebanese government need to get on that bandwagon. And start using that excuse as well. Look, the Americans, it's for the environment. <laughs> same, same. Us, California, same, same. Environment. All right. Final thoughts? No, thanks. All right, let's wrap it. Thank you very much for listening, everybody. You guys know where to find us. Anarchistexperience.com. Uh, on Telegram, t.me slash anarchistexperience or t.me slash theanarchistexperience. And if you would like to contribute to the show financially, you can do so through Patreon. Patreon.com slash theanarchistexperience. Thank you very much for listening, and we'll talk to you all next week. Peace.